you think it's necessary to have formal acting training if you want a career as a professional actor? I think it's good. There's certain there's certain things that you need to have. Um, there are certain there are certain people who are just naturals. They can sing. They can dance. They could. They're they're comedic. I mean, there are you know that that guy that was a class clown. You know, if 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 you hone that and you get that that timing and that rhythm together, you could be the next. Dave Chappelle, that Chris Rock, and I mean, and I have such a great respect for those guys. I mean, I would love to work with Dave Chappelle. I think he's one of the funniest dudes around. Chris Rock, giant in comedy, and you know, and, and every you know, there's all these guys are, are just, you know, Anthony Anderson had the pleasure of meeting him. You know, cross paths with him once, and and it's just those guys are are, are legends, man. They're they're real legends. Hmm. What do you find the most challenging thing about acting? The most challenging thing is um, actually the opportunities. I mean, there needs to be, we need to get back to episodics and, and those things. And I really hope to be able to, you know, I start out as we did with child actors. I want people to see my chops. I, I mean, I'm looking for that role that people go, you know who was playing that role? That was Rodney. I want people to know that was me and i and i would love to be able to work alongside of the denzel washington's and some of the other you know brother over and i mean just so many people out there that i would love to to work with and and again you you have the 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 masters like you know james earl jones and he, and man i mean those people are just they're amazing amazing yeah, actors absolutely uh so when you were doing the jack in the box or Right when you started doing it, or right before yeah. it, Jack in the Box, they were on the verge of bankruptcy? Yeah. I mean, that was the whole reason for the the major cattle call. They were in deep, deep trouble. And your and spots my, kind of got them out of that. Were you appropriately financially compensated? I mean, I'm imagining the first one, you probably got something like scale. But after that, it seems like you're in a better position. Well, it did. It did what it was supposed to do. But see, Mark, come on. You know the deal. I know the deal. How I wish I could have a run like that now. Can you imagine mm -hmm. a 14-year run? Yeah. That would be worth $40 million, $50 million. I mean, but at that time, a lot of people ask me, they go, well, did it do well for you? It did what it could do at that time. Because mm -hmm. think about it. Back in 1972, were there any athletes getting... $30 million contracts? No. Were there any actors getting these huge contracts? No. We It did what it was supposed to do, but we're set up, and if we did it then, we can do it now. So I'm just ready for those opportunities, and at the same time, I'm looking at the business of show business. That's why I'm trying to stay close to the pulse of this whole metaverse, this whole NFT, the, the streaming platforms, and I'm always open to meeting people, working, going and see these different studios and sitting down and going, man, that's pretty, that's pretty slick. And you're starting to see, I was just at a studio over in um, uh, Canoga Park and believe it, it's kind of like off the beaten path. It's here in the valley. And this place has the setup just like Mandalorian. So they've got all of these LED screens and I'm like, this is going to be funky when they get this place set up 
and I mean, they're they're. I was talking to them, and they're like, "Oh, if you if you go where they shot Mandalorian, that's a hundred thousand dollars a day to rent that that studio." And I'm like, "Whoa!" And, and these guys are building one that's going to be just like it. So I'm like, "I got to stay close to these guys. They are going to be the cat's meow here in Hollywood." So, mm-hmm. well, also, it, at least your your parents put your money away for you too. Uh, yeah. Uh, unlike, you know, the, the destiny of many, many of our brother and yeah. sister child stars. Where, where did you, where did you put your money? Well, or where did your parents put your money? Well, they actually, or you what know do you what? do with your money now? Like, how do you, cause you know, you, you gotta, you just you put it in a savings working. account. You're going to lose. <laughs> well, no, it's not about, it's not about parking money into a savings account. I am constantly. You, you know, you're trying not to go too far out in the outer space, but you got to reinvest in yourself. Thus, you know, building, reinvesting in yourself. I, you know, I, I set up my own little podcast room. I've got other things I've got, and it's relationships. I have actually backed things that I, you know, there's there's things that just happen, and then it's it's deal making. You know, that's what this whole town is all about. It's about how do you make deals and not lose your shorts in the process. And so I, I personally reinvest in a, uh, a stable situation by saying, okay, Rodney, I bought some equipment. I've had camera equipment. So you just kind of put money and you try to use it. You know, you, you have an editing system and you try to make this stuff make money so you can keep going. And, you know, there've been wins and losses along the way, but, um, I'm just looking forward to the next steps, hmm. the next steps. You you work a lot in youth mentoring. Uh, can you tell us something about that, something more about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be working with a wonderful group out of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, there's a group back there called NARSA. And NARSA is a job placement, education, STEM-driven opportunity for people, I mean, really, really at the lower levels of the socioeconomic area. I mean, they go into, NARSA is tied to over 350 housing authorities across the country. The biggest housing authorities in the country are members of NARSA. And what they do, they take in programs, they make sure that the kids in these housing authorities who have been passed over for years are getting opportunities in STEM, that's science, technology, engineering, the arts, math. We want to take digital media programs, broadcast programs, drones, aviation, uh, electronics. We want the kids to say, hey, come put the hustle down, put the guns down, put the crazy stuff down, come over here and get your hands busy, create stuff. You give a kid some wood and a saw and you give them some direction and say, you, you do realize that uh, you built this bookshelf. You could own your own furniture company. You could own a cabinet company. You could be making cabinets for these homes. And now, so now once you start expanding young people's minds and you let them know you can do this, you don't have to be out here hustling and putting yourself in danger and, and you just don't want to do it. There's a better way. And so that's what we're doing 
and I'm I'm part of a collective impact, and when we're looking at going nationwide, right now people don't know there's 2.9 billion dollars the federal government has for organizations to get out there, help the community, help the youth. There's a lot of money out there. Hmm. Why, why do you think vocational training has been taken out of so many public schools? Sue, happy parents. Remember back in the day when we were in school, you had wood shop and metal shop. Well, guess what? Nowadays, people are so doggone Sue happy. Little Johnny or, or Sue, she's in there and she's running the saw and, and you hit a, a knot in the wood and it kicks back and, and, and it, 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 he has a sore wrist. Hmm. These some sue happy parents oh man oh my god i gotta sue the school so now schools have seen where they are what position that they're in if something happens and you know so i i think that it became a tax liability not not a tax liability a a a, a an insurance liability thing because schools started seeing where if something happened if somebody freaking lost a finger or something, that could be a million dollars. And so they start. And I think in hindsight, that's why there are other opportunities. If if parents have kids and they go, you know what? I want my son or daughter to learn how to do something. And they have they want them to go into a vocational experience There's a great group called. Um, uh, um, Skills USA. Skills USA is a place where young people. I've been. A, I actually was at the Skills USA California conference. Amazing. They have young people. They have teams, and they say, "Okay, go." And now the, it's like they are in a construction zone, and they're building stuff. And somebody's calling wood, and they're calling out measurements, and people are cutting stuff, and they're drilling and nailing stuff, and they stand a wall up, and it's timed, and they go. Okay, you stood that wall up in, you know, 15 minutes. Great. And then they go through and they check the angles. They check how sturdy it is. And they say, and then they grade them. Skills USA is something that parents need. If they want their kid to have something beyond uh, just your typical offering at your high school, if you don't have uh, uh, skill uh, uh, STEM classes, if you don't have vocational classes for your kids, there are organizations like, uh, skills USA. Hmm. Uh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, yep. You you have this image of being a nice squeaky clean kind of guy. Hmm. Uh, have you ever wanted or felt it necessary to try and change that image at any time in your long career? I have a, a confession to make. At a certain period of time, people would mistake me for you. They would go, "Wow, aren't you Rodney Allen Rippey?" <laughs> and then just for fun, I say, yeah, what of it, sucker? You're right, exactly. <laughs> just what to give him a little edge, you know. Yeah, that, well, you know. I, <laughs> but did I you ever find it you. necessary to kind of try and change that image because you were kind of getting. Or... No, no, I'd never. Matter of fact, it's funny you mentioned that. <clears throat> I met, which I'm not going to say the network. It was a major, major network. I'm sitting down with the head of alternative development. And this guy here in Hollywood sitting here for two hours and he says, Rodney, God, you're clear as a bell. You look great. You, you, you're such a talent. He goes, why hasn't somebody snatched you up? And this guy was sitting there for two hours and he said, I figured it out. 
I said, well, what? He goes, you're not infamous. Hmm. And I said, do I have to be? And he goes, well, you know, Rodney, Hollywood likes a train wreck. And you, I mean, you're just so, you, you, you're squeaky clean. And I said, well, I'm a, I'm a normal dude. I said, I'm not perfect by no stretch of this, but have I been out, you know, robbing the first national bank? No, and I'm not going to either. And then this guy literally said to me, maybe we can muddy you up a little bit. I said, ah, hmm. stop, 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 stop. I said, look, I, I have made it this far through the entertainment industry and in, personally, intentionally avoiding mud, you know, pitfalls in the mud and everything else. Why would I go and dive into it? And I, and I, and that's like, this is kind of like, remember when Wayne Brady was on, was on uh Dave Chappelle show. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. That would be the skit for me. If I started <laughs> acting like I was a tough guy, which and don't get me wrong. My see the the bad thing about me. I'm I, I try to be a really really nice guy, but I, I'm telling you, I, I can go way overboard, literally. And I've told a lot of people this. I'm like, you know what? The one thing I can't stand is a bully. I can't stand a bully. And you, if you really want to turn me into a monster, that'll do it. Hmm. Literally. And and when I was in high school, I was the coolest guy. There was only, I only had one fight. I only had one fight in high school. And I and literally I I I choked somebody. I really did. I choked them. And and it it literally it, it was a terrible situation, but I, I was trying to put this dude out. I was trying with my bare hands. Mm-hmm. I choked him. Hmm. I didn't throw a punch, choked him, choked him violently. Because it it was a situation that I had to I literally had to defend myself. And I was I was in class. I have to tell you a crazy story. I'm sitting in class, and there were two guys away from the whole rest of the group, sitting back up against the wall because they were clowns. They were always cutting up and throwing stuff and doing crazy stuff in the class. So we were watching a film, and everybody's in our you know typical semicircle. These dudes are all the way like ten feet away up against the wall, so the teacher could see them. Literally, the, the classroom was here. They could see the screen, but they were way back. I'm sitting there watching the film like everybody else. All of a sudden, something hit me in the back of the head. I think the guy had a wrist rocket and shot me in the back of the head with a ball bearing. Hmm. Literally. And when I screamed and touched the back of my hand mm. and saw blood, mm. that was it. I, I literally, I couldn't believe it. When I touched myself and said, you're freaking bleeding. And when I turned around, these dudes just died laughing. Mm. And I turned around and I said, did you shoot me with some? I mean, these dudes just cracked up laughing. Mm. And and I just kept, the, the more I touched, the more blood I saw in my hands. And I just, I just went into just like, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm sitting here thinking, what did they shoot me? Is it in my head? And mm-hmm. I and, and, and my head is just throbbing. My mm-hmm. heart is mm-hmm. racing. And I, I just keep touching myself. And these dudes are laughing. So, needless to say, one I, I baited whoever did it through some pretty choice words. Mm-hmm. And 
he jumps up and the guy was going to square off with me and the other guy got up and was like get him hmm. and and this dude was bigger than me too and i was like i was like i'm bleeding my head is hurting and and the lights are out and this dude starts circling me and i'm like i done been shot in the back of the head i'm bleeding mm-hmm. and this guy is getting ready to do something else and i said and and when I rotated, I had my back to the wall, which was, of course, center blocks. And this guy looked at me, and he turned like he was going to walk away, and he spun and started charging me. Hmm. And I'm backing up, and I said, Rodney, this guy's going to slam your head like a dang on pumpkin up against the wall and bust you open even more. Hmm. And I said, I said, I pulled back, and I was like, I was like, Either you're going to punch this dude. And then I started thinking about the school thing. You throw the first punch. Now you got to get suspended. And I pulled back and I said, no, don't punch him. Choke him. And when he went to push me up against the wall, I braced my foot and I slid up against the wall. And when I caught myself, I pushed my thumbs right into the back of his throat. And I just choked him. (laughs) And I choked him with all my might. And 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 and, it, it, and again, I, it was just self-preservation. But mm-hmm. that was the only that was the only fight I ever had in high school. But every, it went around the school like gangbusters because they knew I tried to take him out. Well, I'm I'm glad that that guy got what he was coming. People can be really horrible. I don't know why there's always at least one bu- bully in every school. You know? Yeah, it would, and it shouldn't be. And and I think that again that goes all the way back to parenting it goes back to society it goes back to the images and and, and like i said you you look at you look at how people treat people nowadays and it and it's really foul yeah and i'm like who are you to judge you know and and that's the reason why i i you know a lot as a matter of fact that's another thing mark you being a professional just like i people and how you stay out of things you watch your I run my brain, thank God, on about a seven second advance and a and I and I, not, and I literally hold my mouth back seven seconds. Cause I have had people insult me straight to my face and I go, This guy just insulted you. Mm-hmm. And instead of me reacting, mm-hmm. I have time to, to I have time to kind of slow down mm-hmm. and, and be in position because that's what people want. People want that instant reaction and and there's so many people who want to get it on that's why i tell people all the time don't pick on people you don't know who is on the edge mm-hmm. and 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 you know and bullies don't know you you go to bully somebody that might be the guy that is just today's his last day and it's going to be your last day or a, a lot of innocent people's last day so i just i tell people be kind to other people. Yeah, absolutely. One of yep. my regrets about being so young as a celebrity, not only just because I didn't really appreciate the people that I was lucky enough to work with just because I was so young. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. I appreciated more like Joe Namath and, and I know you met Wilt Chamberlain too. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was more into the sports, but, you know, some incredible people like, uh, you know, Bob Hope, Cesar Romero. Um, yeah. I mean, just legendary kind of people. Um, but another thing that I really <laughs> regret is that I wasn't old enough to enjoy that female attention. Now, 
were you old enough to enjoy the perks of uh, your celebrity in regards to female admirers? You know, all my life I've enjoyed myself, but I, <laughs> but I had to, I, I've always honestly had to say, Rodney, you, you can't, every beautiful woman that you see, enjoy. I, I love beautiful women, but at the same time, you go, you have to be sensible. You can't have everyone. You can't. You, you don't, there's no need to try because every time you see a beautiful woman, there's another one and another one. And another, and if and Lord knows if you're traveling and you're traveling internationally or coast to coast, you can fall in love 50 times on a trip. So the thing is, I tell people, get what you want, get the best thing that you can find that that just you have that interaction, that 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 cohesiveness, that love, that mutual admiration, and quit while you're ahead. When you get a good one. Quit while you're ahead. There's, build something else. That's that's my model. I'm gonna get married one time. That's it. I, my dad. I saw my dad. The only thing that separated my dad from my mom was death. Mm-hmm. Period. And I'd like to go out that way. And and I think that people try marriage, and I think that's really sad. And I I told a girlfriend of mine I, in the past. I said, look, we hook up. I don't ever want the word divorce spoken in the house. I don't ever want to be threatened with it. I'm not threatening you. I told this girl, I said, I'm not going to be competing with nobody. You're not going to have to compete against other women. You're going to be the apple of my eye. I'm going to be yours. It's me and you, Bonnie and Clyde, against the world. If you're down for something like that, I'm with it. But you know how people, you know, people change and they they lose their way. And so, hey. Hmm. And and why have you not settled down? I've had many wonderful relationships. I thought by now I would have been married and settled down. But when you're working... And it seems like you'd be a great father, too. <clears throat> well, you know what? I've always wanted to be married. I've always wanted to have a child. And and, and you know what? Man, it ain't, all, it ain't all on me, man. You need to have that mate that, that can hold you down and, and hold their end of the bargain. I, I think that it, it, it's just as tough on men to find that other half or that woman to find. And I, I, I completely understand what the ladies are saying. The ladies are, you know, they, they have certain standards. Guys have certain standards. I think they just need to come together so that they know what they're doing and or and, and, and like I said, this world has flipped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are guys that Need a guy, and there's some girls that need a girl. I'm like, I, knock yourself out, you know. Live and let <laughs> live, huh? Live and let live. Yeah, live and let live. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, but I, there's plenty of beautiful ladies out there that I know that because for me, it's just that it's funny. And again, I don't have I don't have any bones or scruples about myself. You know, I, I've just I've seen a lot of handsome men. I go. That guy, boy, that guy's great shape. I just never thought like, hmm, hmm. I never had, it just never kind of never crossed my huh? it just never kicked in. I, and and I'm like, yeah, okay, great for him. I'm like, he would be a great wingman. He'd be a great wingman to go out and you know, really meet some honeys. But but at the same time, I mean, I'd, I I just kind of stay in a lane where I know where I'm 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 
well suited and that's it man although i've heard women make the best wingmen uh what do you find the you most might be right what do you find to be the most challenging thing about dating i think um mutual respect i i think that it, you, you the the most difficult thing about dating is finding somebody who wants to build you up i mean really build you up i, I mean I, me personally, maybe I'm crazy, but I want I want to feel like Superman, and I just want her to know that you know what I don't have to worry about him. You know he loves me. You know I love her. <laughs> She's gonna look out for me. I, I told somebody, I told this girl, I said, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what happens in the world. I always want you to say, Rodney didn't do. I want you to know in your heart that I didn't do it. You know because. You need to have somebody that is really in your corner. You, I mean, it's only one person out of all the million, hundred million people in the world. I just need one that's going to say, I'm going to stand behind you and I'm going to stand behind her the same way. That way you don't have nothing to worry about. Well, I'm in the same boat and I don't know why it is so difficult to find that one. Uh, how would a woman get your special attention? You know what? Just be real. I mean, I've met a lot of, I mean, it, you know, I've met a lot of, lot of beautiful women, but I think also too, you know, you're a busy guy, you're a business guy. They need to understand and they need to be confident because I've had girlfriends and they start acting silly. I go, look, I, but I had, I had one beautiful girl. God, I mean, she was a lovely girl and I had to go to an event. I took her with me and I told her, I said, listen, baby. I'm probably going to get pulled away. Do you want to, when they pull me to go take, introduce me to somebody, do you want to come or do you want, would you like to sit at the table? She said, no, I'm fine. I said, listen, I may be gone for 15. I may be gone for 30 minutes. I might be gone 45 minutes having to be introduced to people. Are you okay with that? I'm fine with it. I said, you sure? Yes. I said, okay. I said, listen, hang loose. I'll be back. I go off. I'm gone for 35 minutes. When I got back, what happened was they seen her on my arm. Everybody who couldn't get to me went to her. I get back and she's like, hey, look, I got these cards for you. She had like seven business cards. <laughs> I was like, baby, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're my girl. I said, that's the way you do it, baby. I said, you got it. She, man, I'm telling you, that, that was the one and only girl hmm. that I had that understood. I said, baby, you, you can see what the heck's going on. I need you to hold this down while I'm gone. And do you know what? I'm serious. That girl was on it. She, hmm. she got the under, she knew that understanding. Rodney has to do this and I'm his better half. She got hit up. She told me, I asked her, I said, how many people she's about, 15 people. Mm -hmm. I was like, I said, so now you understand how I need you. Mm -hmm. now, now you understand. She goes, oh, I got it. I was like, mm -hmm. wow. And, and I have to say, she was the one that kind of got away. She was the one. And, and I, I, what I happened? How'd she get away? <sighs> How'd you let her get away? Well, it, it was, it really wasn't me. Honestly, what happened was she made a, faux pas a mm -hmm. major mm -hmm. faux pas and kind of got tangled up in another relationship mm -hmm. and 
and, and it, 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 it was just that she kind of got manipulated into it and she allowed herself. It wasn't, you know, she it takes two to tango. So she tangled mm-hmm. and I found out about it mm-hmm. and, and it, and it kind of broke my heart because mm-hmm. she was really, she was somebody that I really, I, I really think that could have, mm-hmm. could have worked out, mm-hmm. could have worked out. But you know, sometimes in life, you know, you, you got to keep on trucking, yeah, man. Got to keep on trucking. I guess there is a, such a thing as destiny, and it just wasn't meant for destined for you two to yeah. be together forever. What, what's been your your worst date? Yeah, worst date. Um, actually, you know what? All my dates seem to roll pretty good. I mean, I don't. I, I wouldn't be out on a date if I if I didn't think it was going to roll good. But yeah. so you've um, never been set up by friends or something like that. Yeah, I like to do my own picking. I don't need to. I don't need no help. Nobody picking nothing out for me because that gets a little crazy. Because nobody knows what you want other than you. Yeah. Would you ever date a fan? You know what? The funny thing is, funny true story. I dated this girl one time, and. We met somewhere. I met her. We started talking and we decided to go out on a date and we went out on a date and had dinner and uh, she decides she wants to take a picture, you know, a selfie. So we take a picture and everything's cool. So she goes back to work and she tells this girl, yeah, I had this great date and went and had dinner with this nice guy. Oh, it's wonderful. He's smart and cool. And the girl's like, oh, you got a picture of him? Yeah, look, she shows a picture. To her friend, and her friend goes, "Oh my God, that's Rodney Allen Rippy. She's a girl. Do you know who you went out with?" And the girl was like, "No." And she goes, "That's Rodney Allen Rippy." She goes, "No, he said his name was Rodney." And the whole thing was so. My phone rang. Ring is this girl, and she's like, "Hey, I got a question." I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Are you an actor?" I was like, "I was like, yeah." I was like, "Why?" Why? I said, well, I'm a business guy too. I'm on business, but what, 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 what's the question? She's like, no, are you, you are an actor. I go, yeah, that's where I got started. It's a business. It's as, yeah. I said, what about it? Why didn't you tell me? I said, I told you, I said, I, we were talking about a bunch of stuff. I said, I said, you'd never ask. I said, it wasn't. And she was like, well, why didn't you tell me? Do you know that girl got so spooked by me not telling her? It wasn't like I was going to go. Yeah, and you know, I was a child actor with Jack in the Box, and uh, yeah, I was like, that's not a cool lead in. I was thinking that's kind of creepy, so I, I just never said anything. I, I figured maybe on date two or three, I'd get to it down the road. It eventually will come out, yeah. And, and the crazy thing is, that girl was so jacked up about that, I never spoke to her again. Huh. It was weird. She she just freaked out, but but see, again, it goes back to somebody that can hold their own and handle your celebrity and they don't have to get they don't have to feel challenged it's not a challenge that's it's just like a freaking race car driver you know mm-hmm. why are you gonna your, your husband or boyfriend's a race car driver he's racing everybody and everybody's cheering for him so why are you gonna freak out so i don't know hmm. <laughs> what's the weirdest or strangest thing that a fan has ever done for you or to you um well, I mean, I've, I've had some nice gifts. Matter of fact, I had. Oh, true story, dude. This look, I'm not making this up. Funny you didn't look. This is something I have to share. Okay, 
Uh, give me a second. Now, <laughs> this guy is a very apparently well-known artist out of Brooklyn. Hmm. He's a brother, and he was at a restaurant. He was at a restaurant, and someone had cracked a joke. He was at a burger joint, uh, apparently, and someone said something about Rodney Allen Rippey. And he and he had he had food and what he did was he made me eating a burger <laughs> on a styrofoam he took his he had food he took it home and that's me look huh? this is he took apparently he took and I did not send him this image this came out of his mind <laughs> Ah, that's cute. You see that? Yeah. And he made this, and again, incredible artist. And again, I, I just he sent it to me, and and again, big thank you again to London McCrayla, C R A Y O L A, huh. and he did this for me. So this is the type of wonderful thing. That I just got, and I told him I'm gonna shadow box this, so I've gotta go, and I'm gonna have this actually put into a shadow box. But that, and he's a apparently he's a very very prolific painter out of Brooklyn. Hmm. Very and, very cool. Well, yep, and, and so what the other thing was, I am friends with Flavor Flav. I'm friends with Flavor Flav. And he was like, oh, man, Flavor's from New York, man. Oh, man, Flavor's from New York. And he goes, man, I'm going to paint. I'm going to do something for Flav. And I'm actually spoiling it for Flav. But he, I have let Flav, hopefully I can get Flav to do your show. But he ended up doing this. There we go. This way. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. And that's Flavor Flav with holding his clock, and he did this art piece. So this has to get sent to my dear homeboy and pal, Flavor Flav from Public Enemy. Huh. So these are the type of wonderful, cool things that show up to my little office here. So that's the that's the deal. So this is going back into the deal, and. Uh, I am going to put this securely back in here, and I'm going to send it to my homeboy, Flavor Flav. So. Well, now, I have a little bone to pick with Flavor Flav. Now, I know that's uh -oh. your homeboy. Uh-oh. So I'm, I'm going to try to be as gentle as I can. Let me see if I can do a screen share here. Yeah, I can hear it. That'll work. That works. This man right here the first black kid on television and that broke all black children into television yeah hey everybody this is my boy rodney allen Ripley. for just in case y'all don't know who he is yes my longtime friend that we most grew up with you know what i'm saying and he's the first black kid to really break black children oh, and, 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 and the tvs and all of that into television man you know yes yes sir rodney allen hey yo just in case y'all don't know that's this is my boy Rodney Allen Rippy, you know yeah. what I'm saying? First black kid on TV that put wow. black children into television. Now, 
my brother. Oh, now no, if you can I share don't. this this with with Mr. Flavor Flav. Yes, you, you yes, still see yes. my screen. Ooh. Now you can let him know those are faint. Wait, wait, first of all, what year were you born? I was born 1968. You were born in 1968. Yes, sir. Huh? Oh well. Anyway, this was like 1969. So you were wow. like a year or something at that age. Yeah. So let Mr. Flav know these are fans. They're there oh, to get my autograph. And you were only that. a year old at that time. Bravo. Bravo. And this, let him know what that says. What Mark does that say? Buzz, star of NBC TV, Julia. Yes, I know. You, you were still me. a baby. I know, still a baby. And these are fans. Of course, man. And I'm signing autographs. See? I know. <laughs> Those well, are fans. I see. They're wow. wanting to shake my hand. Of course. More fans. I see, brother. <laughs> you know, Flame's just my TV boy. Guy, what does that say? Mark Copage, <laughs> Diane Carroll of Julia. Oh, Julia. Look at that. 19 July 4th. Wow. Look at that. So that now, is now, man. now you, Julia yep. Leader, who's Look number one? Julia, that was you, man. Now you had listen. Come on, you you were young enough. Flavor Flav, he's yep. old enough to, to 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 to. He's old enough to to not make that mistake. <laughs> well, you anyone know my age or older is old yeah. enough. Shoot, now how do I get my Zoom thing back? Ay ay ay. I hear you. Anyway, I'm, I'm Flav, kidding, you know, but, Flav's just my boy, but, man. But, he but, he always blows me up. But you know what? Hey, Mark, because I know that you because I'm 54. I just turned 54. Let me see. How old were you? You were a baby because oh. my show ran. OK. Oh, you muted. I can't hear you. you mute it, Mark. Unmute. Oh, Unmute. Shoot. Uh, you just how, muted. How did I yourself. do that? OK. There you go. Can you there hear me? Go. OK. All right. Yeah, I can hear you. So. Anyway, Flavor Flav is old enough to know, but you were yeah. just a baby, so, you know. I, yeah, I was just a baby. Yeah. Come on. But let just... me ask you, what was the most challenging thing about transitioning from a child actor into an adult one? I think, I tell you what, I think the most, the biggest transition is having people to understand that. I, I think that some people think, and I, I mean, I'm telling you, I've had to hurt some people's feelings. I really have. I mm. mean, and I've had some nasty arguments with people. Mm. And, and they say, oh, you think that you're a movie star. And I was like, what makes you say that you think I'm a movie star? I, I have never been a person. I've never tried to go up to some girl and say, hey, baby, you know me from Jack in the Box. I, I never done no crazy stuff like that. And, and I've never, most of the time, matter of fact, I'm probably too humble for my own good. I'm that guy that will change my own oil on my car. I'm the type of guy I like to get dirty. I like to do my own stuff. I build stuff. I Matter of fact, I built my own backdrop and stuff like that. I, I've done a lot of, I do a lot of hands-on stuff. But at the same time, but at the same time, People have this, they have this crazy notion in the head that, that I'm not being real. And matter of fact, I have to say this, thank God, 
I went back to my 25th class reunion. I saw some of my classmates and they said, Rippy, you ain't changed a bit. I said, I ain't going to. I said, I'll, I'll still talk about your mama. I will. <laughs> I'll talk about you. And I used to, now I used to be that dude in high school that everybody loved me because I would just bag on people and we had so much fun. But the one thing about me is I would never want to see anybody blue. I would never want to uh, uh, diminish anybody else's fame or, or their their dreams and stuff like that. I'm always the one to say, do it. You can do it. I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody what they can't do or what they shouldn't do. You are and, a, a good guy. You remind me of uh, a friend of mine that I had on the show a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But he goes his he goes by the AKA of Mr. Happiness. He's just got such a positive outlook on how where do you get your positive outlook on? I mean, it's just that you are up all the time. Well, I, I have to say that life is always poised to kick you, and I have already seen that if you stumble, bobble, or have any problems, people are willing to kick you when you're down. So you better doggone be your own best friend. I talked to somebody who was who, who was depressed and I talked to them and I, and I was trying to tell them, I'm like, you have every reason in the world to believe, you know, you have every reason to be happy. And I, and I really and I understand some people say it's chemical, it's it's things. And I think that everybody needs to get as much help as possible. But the one thing I'm not going to do. For me, I can't talk about nobody else. I'm talking about for Rodney Ribby. The last thing I'm going to do is kick myself. I am not going to ever kick myself. Life kicks enough. Yeah. And, and you know what? I do my best. I put my best foot forward. I really do try my best to to. Uh, and and if I if I come up short, hey, there's always tomorrow. I'm not going to be sitting up here popping pills and being depressed about nothing because I'm like, you know why I'm like Rodney and, and, and to answer your question, I keep my, my belief rooted in God. I really do keep myself focused on, I'm like, you know what, Rodney, there's a purpose. God puts you in this entertainment industry at three and a half years old. You've met these wonderful people. You have a purpose. And so I'm always looking ahead. I'm always looking ahead. I'm never, focused on yesterday i'm really focused on looking ahead and i'm i'm thankful i'm really thankful for the little things in life and you know i wake up in the morning i'm like rodney today is a good day today is the day that something great can happen i try to always look forward to some type of little positive nugget in the day and 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 some type of positive outcome Cause I just don't wake up and go, Oh man, this is terrible. Oh, you know, mm-mm. well, you I'm, are definitely one of the most positive brothers I know. Well, <laughs> if you don't, because let me tell you something, the world, there's enough people out here, <laughs> plenty of them who will call you everything in the book and not want to see you make it, not want to see you happy, not want to see you fulfill, not, not see you have opportunities. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be my biggest cheerleader. I said, if if I ain't cheering for nobody else, I got to cheer for Rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds good to me. Well, mm-hmm. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but there are just a couple of areas that I would like to get into before Do we it, wrap it up. Uh, but you do hold the record 
for the youngest person to ever chart on Billboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old were you exactly, and, and how did all that come to pass? Well, that remember, that was fi- I was five years old. Um, my album, wherever it is, da, 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 this was my album. And uh, I don't know if you remember the name, Bell Records. Mm-hmm. They Bell did a lot Records. of children's uh, albums. They, exactly. They did a lot of kids' albums. And literally, back in the day, look at that, Rodney Allen Rippey Fan Club. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Beverly Hills, California. <laughs> and so this was, um, you know, uh, one of the songs that was in the commercial, Take Life a Little Easier. And I mean, they use it as a jingle for the commercial. And because the commercial was so hot, they said, you know what? This freaking song, everybody's humming it. We should make an album. So then, boom. Kind of like that, uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy. or uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy. That's right. We and can use that ma- today. <laughs> exactly. As a matter of fact, one of the songs on this album is called World of Love. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Sony Music which now owns Bell Records and Aristide, which bought them, just re-released my album digitally worldwide. And so you can go to Spotify, you can go to Amazon Music, and you can purchase Take Life a Little Easier. And you can purchase, and it's been totally remastered. It's all digital. And a lot of parents don't have positive music for their kids to listen to. Everything is rump shaking. You know, I, I, <laughs> I love all the... The good music out there, too. Some of it is a little, hey, but <laughs> the thing is, kids shouldn't be listening to that because you don't want some little six-year-old girl twerking. And you'd be like, yeah, and they are doing that these days. It's yeah. unbelievable. And I'm like, no, that, Lord, have like, mercy, don't. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And Burt, Burt Bacharach and, and Billy Preston had something to do with this sure. recording. That's too? right. That's right, man. I had some, you know, and, and there was a guy by the name of Al Capps. He was a huge mogul in music at that time, and that he was one of the top producers. And so now that this album is out, I'm looking at possibly writing a children's book. I am also looking at some other opportunities. As I had mentioned, I got the Country Soul Music Awards rolling. I'm actually co-producer of a reality show called Taylor Wars, and that's about Taylors. There's a three tailors and they'll all be battling against time. See, when you look at fashion runway, you see these shows, you see all of the fashion, but did you see them people put it together? No. Mm-hmm. Well, my friend, James Andrew Luna, he actually came to me and wants to put together this show. I actually am kind of like a co-manager of a music artist named Talon Greats, who he just released a song called Save Me. So you can go on YouTube and type in Talon Greats, and he has a beautiful song called Save Me. Um, wow. Um, Bucks of America. And the last thing is, I am working on a project called The Celebrity Shootout, where I'm going to bring the biggest stars and music and entertainment and other VIPs and have them all drag race for charity. Fox Sports wants it. Uh, the National Hot Rod Association wanted. Mark, you'll be definitely invited to hit the red carpet, come and hang out, come kick it with me because it's going to be a really incredible nationwide broadcast and a worldwide stream. My goal with this is 
to raise multiples of millions of dollars for multiple charities because I'm going to have these fans, you know, supporting these celebrities. And so just imagine Kevin Hart racing Snoop Dogg. Kevin Hart's got 200 million fans. Snoop Dogg got 500 million probably and or more, both of them. And imagine them drag racing. And and I don't know if you know this, but Kevin Hart is riding around L.A. in a 1,200 horsepower car. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a 69 Camaro because my buddy, shout out to uh, uh, Maloof Racing Engines, built the 1,200 horsepower motor for Kevin Hart. Hmm. So it's in apparently it's in his Camaro riding around L.A. So can you imagine driving 1,200 horsepower? Anyway, but I'd like to bring Kevin Hart out and have him race some of these people. And and the whole goal is this is an opportunity for them to raise funds for any charitable cause that they choose. So whatever charity they want to pick, when the fans get behind them, there's going to be a technology where people can make donor bets so they can wager but those wagers are not like Vegas, but they can wager, and all of those dollars are going to go to the charity. Yeah, that's so, fantastic. You're, you're, you've been a big car guy for a while. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about Hidden Garages? Yeah, that's a project. I, got, I started up with a, a buddy of mine, and uh, it's all about uh, people's collections. There's a lot of people who have beautiful cars. I'm a, I'm a collector, too. Right now, i got a 71 stingray corvette that that was my present to myself when i graduated high school uh-huh. so you said what did you do with some of the money i had to buy me a classic so uh-huh. i got me a and i'm sure you keep stingray. it up too huh i'm sure you keep it up too yeah it's my baby and so it's a show winner it's one of a kind and so it's my baby and so i like classic cars i like muscle cars and so i i, I you know i get into that so i like building them and and making them creative and making them my own, you know? Yeah. Are you still working with prime motivation? Prime motivation, dear, dear friend of mine. Yep. There, you know, we're colleagues and stuff and he is part of the whole education and, and STEM stuff. And so he has a working relationship with NASA. So that's how we all kind of, kind of, uh, work together, but yeah, still, still friends, still motivating him. He's still motivating me. And, and the whole thing is, this isn't about us. This is about the kids. This is about STEM education for the kids um, in school districts across the country. Remember, Mark, when we were in school, you had wood shop and mm-hmm. metal shop and electrical, all those things. Do you know they took home ec out of schools? So young boys and young girls don't even know how to cook. Mm-hmm. I love to cook. Matter of fact, I'm trying to work a deal with good old, good old Jack in the Box to create the Rodney Allen Rippy Burger because I have my own signature aged blue cheese sirloin burger. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. If they put my burger on the menu, I guarantee it'd be a top seller. So I, I bet it would too. I mean, that's a great idea. Uh, I'm yeah. surprised that the Jack in the Box people wouldn't be jumping all over that. Um, Stay and, tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> and that's great too that you learned all that building stuff. I think I saw a, a video of you like building your own 
I think you were working on your podcast studio, actually. What? Yeah. I, I need to actually get someone to build a, a podcast studio. I'm not as handy as you. I'm certainly willing to to pay someone to do it. But where you do you sound look good, to... man? You're doing it. Well, well I mean, I need to way. get the whole studio, and I want to get my keyboards hooked into it too. I mean, I, I need I to know. get someone over to actually make my one of my rooms here into a studio where do you find that kind of person to do that so that at least you can put money aside you can know what they would charge to do it you can put it aside and as you would say get it done yeah well you know what mark it, it starts with doing a little bit of research and, and let me tell you something you start researching the basics you don't have to get top of the line well i mean i have everything i just need someone to set it all up i've got the lights i've got the equipment look at you i just need it all set up in an efficient way in this one room of my apartment (laughs) most well here's the thing most of the time you you know what matter of fact there is i got it this is a dear friend of mine and this is what you need my man and anybody out there watching the mark pacho my chair went down come here there we go is there you go the creative handbook hmm. let me tell you something this thing is the incredible piece of hollywood if you want to know anything happening if you want to know where to get lights hmm. cameras uh, backdrops whatever props go to the creative handbook and you get one of these, you can go to Creative Handbook. I believe it's creativehandbook.com. I believe it. Let me see. Let me double check. My dear friend, David Shapiro, has ran this thing for nearly, I think he said almost 30 years. Do you know he produces like, I think like 15 or 20,000 of these, and he gives them away to all the studio heads. He had... He gave me a half a box. I got one for you, brother. You want it? Let me know. I'll get you one. Yeah, but this I, thing is everything in Hollywood. And let me tell you something. What? What do you? What do you want? Like, what you kind of person that? would you look for? Like, if you have all the equipment, you just need someone to set things up and kind of build it for you. You need what kind of person? A, do you? You do need you? an engineer guy. You need somebody that that understands how to set up cameras, mm-hmm. lights, and stuff like that. Because once you set it up. Brother, you're set. Exactly, it's beautiful. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about it. If if this is your podcast room, mm-hmm. make it your podcast room. But everything, but like I said, this has everything in it. Everything from costuming. I mean, the creative handbook. Please make sure if you if you're if your listeners out there wanna be in the know, seriously. As a matter of fact, let me give you the, the Does he update it every year or how does it how does that Oh work? yeah, they update it every year. Yeah. Creativehandbook.com. Creativehandbook.com. And let me tell you something. Great my 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 guy Dave Shapiro. Love you Dave, you the man. This boy right here, this is what they call they what they call the Hollywood Bible cuz this thing is full of nothing but pure context and you see I got it right here in my room. Yeah, I remember that. You you are a hustler, like I may or may not have mentioned. I remember running into that party with you yeah. many, many years ago, probably 25 years ago or so. But it was the yeah. first time that minor consideration had kind of gotten going, and it was a young people's thing. Mm-hmm. And then there was a party afterwards. And yes. just the way you work that room, brother, I mean, you know. You, Man, you, you we have your... to network. Yeah. We're here together, dude. There's no reason in the world. Listen, 
first of all, I, I'm 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 kind of surprised, and and I've told I'm part of the Child Star Syndicate. There's a group of us, mm-hmm. and I'm like, there's people here who shoot. There's people here who edit. There's people here who write. Man, we could have one of the hottest shows on TV. Could you imagine if you, me, and everybody was on a TV series? Mm-hmm. And everybody would be like, oh, my God, that was that boy that was on that girl that was on. Everybody's paid. Now we're getting, you know, that'll be that'll be $100,000 a week, please. Mm-hmm. I get 100000 please. That's just that. And that's low. Well, something kind of along those lines, I, I know you have expressed an interest in uh, a re well not remake but a blazing saddles too you know with mel brooks but we have the technology why not produce a minute or five minutes or however much is within your budget of an idea and circulate that and that might cause mr brooks to say hey yeah let me just turn it over to rodney and let him do 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 it <laughs> let me tell you something if if mel brooks gave me the green light because you know i actually talked with mel and mel said rodney we could not do that we could not do blazing saddles they would bur-. he literally said they'd burn down the theater and i said mel no they won't i said I'll, you know why I want to play Sheriff Bart in the, in if, if Mel Brooks did blazing saddles too, I would play Sheriff Bart and I would take it even further than he did. And I don't care if people were crying. It, this is what I told Mel. I said, Mel, you could do it. You know why? All you need to do is run a disclaimer at the top and say, he needs to open the film up and say, Hey everybody, it's me, Mel Brooks, and have behind him a scroll of nothing but the movies: Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, The Producer. And he says, "I'm a comedic writer. Don't get your feelings hurt." Mm-hmm. Now, this is Blazing Saddles too. Now, if you think that you're going to get your feelings hurt, get up right now and go get your money back. But this is comedy, and we should not censor comedy. So please enjoy the film. Boom. Go right into the film. I, I guarantee you, if if Mel Brooks gave me that opportunity, man, it would be all over. Godly, I would take that opportunity. Do you know if Mel Brooks said that he would do a Blazing Saddles 2, every black comedian in town would try to line up to get that role? Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, some people go, oh, you shouldn't say that, ah, you know. But remember Blazing Saddles, Mel picked on everybody. Yeah, well, I... He's a, Jew, he's a Jewish brother, but he picked <laughs> on the Jewish people, he picked on Italians, he picked on everybody. Nobody was fair. It, no, nobody, it was all fair game. And I think that's where we need to go back in television and film, because nobody, he, he didn't mean no harm, he was just doing what he did he's a comedian and I, and I think going back to people like Dave Chappelle and all the rest of them there should not be people in the audience jumping up on the stage because now that's another dog yeah, problem yeah, that yeah. got started mm-hmm. and now now it's like man are we gonna lose the art of entertainment behind people not knowing how to control themselves that's a question yeah well, I, I, 
Blazing Saddles is definitely one of my all-time favorite comedies, and I, for one, would love to see you move forward on that. And on that note, Rodney, I'm going to thank you for oh, taking Oh, I forgot one last oh. thing, one last okay, little plug. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I'm working with one of, my free, one of my former partners, and we're working on a female-driven comedy called Hormone Tuesday. And so you can find it at at Hormone Tuesday Official on Instagram. So keep keep checking. That was a partner of mine. And so, oh, one one more last thing. I'm trying to make my directorial debut on a feature film called The Leather Mechanic. I'm friends with a guy named David Vanderveer Burnett. David was the leather guy that did the leather for Shaka Khan, Isley Brothers, Rick James, uh, Sly Stone, and Miles Davis, as well as Jimi Hendrix. And I want to do his story because he was the guy in the background while everybody was looking good. He was the leather mechanic. He was the guy in the background and he had a bunch of crazy stories that happened, but it, so stay tuned. Hope I hope and pray that will be my directorial debut, the leather mechanic. Well, I am hoping and praying with you. Uh, I, 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 you were just, uh, I, I just love the fact that, that, that you were always working on something. Uh, the entertainment game is kind of like the lottery. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, over the years, I've worked with many, many, many talented, gifted people. Some of them make it and some of them don't. And there seems yep. to be no real rhyme or reason. But if you don't keep playing the lottery, you are not going to win. <laughs> and Mark, I forgot to tell you two more things. This might be even good for you, too. Um, I just got approached by a company called Thiz TV, T-H-I-Z-Z dot TV. Thiz, like what is this or this? That's why he did it. It was kind of funny play on words. Hmm. But Thiz TV is a black-owned Roku channel and NFT platform. The Rodney Allen Rippy. This is the first place where you could get Rodney Allen Rippy NFTs. It's on Thiz TV, hmm. and he just now he wants to put me on my own channel. 60 million homes across the country on Roku. And there was one last thing, doggone, I needed to tell you. Oh, I have a new radio show every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. And it is going to be on uh, thi uh, this, this Way Network. This Way, T-H-I-S, This Way Network. And it's called The Chat Session. So I will be joining two more co-hosts. And we and it and it's very family friendly, you know, world forward kind of conversations that we're having because we're trying to find solutions of why things are so screwy and how can we find possible solutions. So that's what chat chat sessions are is all about every Thursday, 830 a.m. on this way network and it's on YouTube. Look at you. You are a winner, my friend. Thank you, brother. Thank you for thank you for giving me the time, man. And and I want to interview you on my podcast. We're going to turn the tables on this thing and I got a grip of questions for you, man. You you got it. I'm there. You just let me know. Solid, brother. All right, brother. Will you have a wonderful rest of your evening? Uh, as another dear friend of mine says, onwards and upwards. Don't call me Corey Baker, call me Marco Potts, cause I'm not Julia's son, not anymore. Don't call me.
Call me Cory Baker, call me Marco Paz, cause I'm not Julius son like I was before.